I like to tell clients that give me your list. It's fine. We all have a list. I'm not anti-list or anything like that. But if she meets 80% of this list, you need to say yes to her. You need to go out with her. Her photos don't look the best sometimes, like two-dimensional photos. She's not going to look as great as three-dimensional in person. So give that a chance. Welcome to Love, Laughs, and Lessons, the podcast where we create a safe and inclusive space to have open and honest conversations about all things relationships, from romance to family dynamics to friendships, and most importantly, the relationships we have with ourselves. I'm Dr. Frankie, a clinical psychologist, board-certified sex therapist, and expert in human behavior. And I'm Denise Ray, certified matchmaker, science-based dating and relationship coach, and intimacy and relationship coach with over a decade of experience. Join us on a journey through life's love, laughs, and lessons. Hello, everyone. Dr. Frankie Bashan here, and we are here for another episode of Love, Laughs, and Lessons. Thrilled to be here with another amazing matchmaker that we're going to introduce to you shortly. This is our matchmaker series. And um, again, Dr. Frankie Bashan, I am a clinical psychologist, a board-certified sex therapist, and I'm the CEO of Little Gay Book and Little Black Book Matchmaking. And I'm thrilled that we're relaunching our podcast. And every week you're going to find us here with another awesome guest talking about really, really important topics like relationships, dating, love, communication, all sorts of amazing topics. So I'm going to hand it over to my co-host to introduce herself. Yes. And welcome, welcome, everyone. I'm Denise Ray. I am a matchmaker and a relationship coach and client service director with Little Gay Book. I am so happy to be here with Dr. Frankie as we explore, you know, the world of matchmaking and discovering the art of creating these profound connections with the people that that do it. So today we have the pleasure of introducing May Bugenhagen, and May is a renowned professional matchmaker and dating and relationship coach. She has a special focus on helping successful and accomplished men in the United States find their perfect Asian partner. May is a visionary, right? She is the founder of Two Asian Matchmakers, a highly regarded boutique matchmaking company that's been around since 2009. In addition to her successful matchmaking ventures, May is active and an esteemed member of both the Matchmakers Alliance and the Global Love Institute in New York. May has been showcasing her passion for staying in the forefront of the industry with the latest trends and insights. She's a devoted mentor who founded the Asian Matchmaking Institute, and that institute is dedicated to empowering fellow Asian matchmakers to foster excellence in the field of matchmaking. So I am super excited, May, to have you here. I can't wait to hear all about how you got started. Yeah, tell us. <laughs> Yay, thank you for having me. I yeah, can't believe I've been doing this since 2009. It seems like a long time, but it's. I love it. I've always been so passionate about helping Asian women and the men who want to date them. So it could be Caucasian man, Asian man, all across the U.S. or in Asia. So that's where I just constantly recruit, lack of a better word, recruit my inventory of Asian women that I can match. And the men are the paying clients. 
and the women join my database for free. And now I am a solopreneur, meaning I used to have a business partner for the first 10 years. And now the last five years, I've been on my own, but it doesn't really change anything. It just means that I connect with matchmakers like you guys and matchmakers across the US and in Asia to better serve the men that I work with. So yeah, I I love it. I love, I think I got into this business because I was always very nosy about people's love lives. Like, I don't care if you're gay or straight, black or white. Like, I just love listening to how people got together, like with their partners. Like, it's always a great story, right? So yeah, thank you for having me on the show today. Yeah, welcome. Such a pleasure. So this is unique what you do. It's such a niche specific population that you focus on matching. Yeah. I believe in our industry, the love industry, that there are riches and niches, right? Like I feel like the more specific you are, the better people can find you online through SEO or your articles or podcasts and things like that. And if you relate to them and they can connect with you, then they're going to want to work with you. So But when I first started this business in 2009, I was not specific. I was like, yeah, I'll help you. Yeah, you're 39 and you want kids. I'll help you. You're 5'9 and, you know, all that stuff. I took on everybody, but I quickly learned my lesson that I can't take on everybody because I can't help everybody. And the best way to serve the people you want to serve is to be specific and to be specialized in it and to be good at it. Because then now I have this huge uh, database of Asian women and they're going to be okay to date all the guys that sign up with me because they all kind of want the same thing, right? So that made it easier versus, oh, let me do this kind of matchmaking and this kind of matchmaking and over here and all that stuff. It was too hard. You can't, you can't, be a matchmaker to everybody yeah. is what I want. That's true. Oh, true. Yeah. yeah. So how many clients do you work with at any given time? I only want to work with eight to 12 men, paying men at the same time. However, right now I'm at 16. So I've had some people that signed up with me that were repeat customers, meaning they didn't find who they wanted the first time around. And they came back to me three years later and they want to renew with me. Um, I actually didn't want to take them on, but they're so nice and that they liked my service. And so I, I took them on. It just means I work a little bit harder, but I, yeah, I like them. So I want to help them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're, gonna, you're, you're doubled your load. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you're finding matches, like you're coordinating matches all over the country, even outside of the US. Yes. Yes. I think if someone is willing to find matches outside of the US and outside of their cities and nationwide, it makes our job a lot easier. So instead of me charging more for somebody who wants to search in Asia, I just have one set price and they just can decide if you only want Los Angeles or only wants San Francisco or only wants certain areas, then that's fine. It might take longer because you're so specific, but the more options you give me, the 
more I can present better matches to you. So it's to your advantage if you're open-minded and especially after COVID, like we can work virtually everywhere and anywhere. Like why limit yourself, right? Absolutely. Especially with our niche, which is women interested in women. I always say that there's little ponds. We don't have a sea of options, right? It's small little communities across the country. So the fact that those barriers have been broken because of the pandemic, people are more open to the idea of having a virtual date, you know, or, you know, beginning to date long distant before it used to be this huge struggle with my clients and encouraging them to be more open. There's less resistance now. And it sounds like that's happening for you too. Yeah. People didn't want to date like within, you know, 20 miles was a big deal. Yeah. And it's, yeah. 20 miles was a big deal. And now, like you said, after the pandemic, you know, the walls are down, like literally the walls are down. Yeah. What does that look like, May? What's the process for you and how do you coordinate dates with people that are here, maybe with someone that's out of the country? Well, if someone wants to meet someone in China, for example, then we use WeChat a lot, you know, because Zoom is not available in China. So there are certain restrictions where you can't uh, use certain apps here. But with WeChat is great. They can communicate, do a video. They could text. They can uh, translate sometimes from Chinese to English, English to Chinese. So the apps are pretty savvy. Like they are our lifesavers. They really, really work. As long as someone's patient, then it can work really well for them. But yeah, I would still connect, you know, if it's someone in Canada and US, I would have them do a Zoom call. I prefer that they do a Zoom call. So I prefer that they sit in front of their computer and take the date seriously. So I would tell them, make sure the light is shining on you. Make sure you get dressed like you would for a date. Make sure you put on makeup. Make sure you do your hair and go ahead and grab a glass of wine while you're on this date and just to make it as serious as they can and not be driving while you're on this call. Like, I don't understand why some people want to make such a poor first impression that way. But yeah, when they do a uh, online date, I still say, make sure you lock out like an hour of time and make sure you're in a quiet room and make sure your background looks good because people can get pretty judgy on a Zoom call. Like, oh, wow, you're kind of a mess. Like, what's up with that? You know, so yeah. like, why are you, why do you have dirty laundry in the background? Exactly. Why is your closet door open with all the clothes hanging out? <laughs> hey, all that stuff. Yeah. You just never know, you know, make a good first impression, right? So, yeah. It matters. It really does matter. Yeah. yeah. So what's your ideal client? My ideal client would be a man who's between the age of 35 to 65, who's accomplished in their field, who's successful, who preferably is a homeowner, financially stable, someone good with money, someone who genuinely wants to find somebody and the geographical location is fine. Like he's not so stickler on, I only want her to be in my backyard, like nothing like that. But a guy who truly is looking for somebody, yes, you can say, I want someone slender and petite and looks Asian. That's all fine. Uh, if you want kids, you know, hopefully you're dating five to 
10 years younger is okay. Like if a man asks for a woman who's 15, 20 years younger, that's really not my specialty. I don't really have a lot of women that are open to dating 15 to 20 years older. And even though some of the women are from third world countries or like China or Japan, like Asia, it doesn't mean they're desperate and that they're open to 15, 20 years age difference. Like some of the guys have that mentality where they think, oh, I'll just find someone in Asia and she'll be super young. It's like, they yeah. still have standards too, especially if they're brave enough to come to the U.S. They're not just going to come over for anybody, you know? So Yeah. Yeah. That leads me to my next question. What are some of the common misconceptions or stereotypes about Asian dating and relationships that you run into? Uh, that the age range that the Asian women, yes, of course, there are Asian women that are okay with 15, 20 years age difference, but majority of them are not. Asian women think American men are rich, right? Well, the ones they date through me might be because they are accomplished and they are well off and they are they have the money to spend on a luxury item like matchmaking. So I get it. Yes, the guys you'll meet through me are going to be pretty well off and have a good financial background and all that stuff. Um, but some of the misconceptions would be that like a man, just the big age difference, you know, they might be 52, 54 and want kids. And they're like, I want to date someone in their early thirties. It's like, well, that's a big difference. You know, that's like 20 years difference. So it's not that easy to find. And if that's what you really want, you have to be a little bit more open-minded to the looks, you know, maybe she doesn't have a BA degree. Um, maybe she has, just a associate's degree or no degree. It depends. Like what are, what is so important to you? Is it the age difference? Is it education? Does she, she need to like make her own money? Like what, you know? So there are things that you really have to think about. Well, they want it. Um, I find that my clients are like, I just want it all. Dr. Frank, you get me, you know, and they have like, give me a long laundry list. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, let's be realistic. We're not going to be able to get it all. Right. So what's the most important? Yeah. I like to tell clients that give me your list. It's fine. We all have a list. I'm not anti-list or anything like that. But if she meets 80% of this list, you need to say yes to her. You need to go out with her. Her photos don't look the best sometimes. Like they're, they don't look two-dimensional photos. She's not going to look as great as three-dimensional in person. So give that a chance and just try to be open-minded. If you really want to have kids, you really need to be a little bit more open with some of the other stuff. Like she can't be athletic and she has like a yoga body and she likes sports. It's like sports is an American thing. You know, it's like a lot of Asian women don't like sports. They don't even like the sun, you know, like they just want to cover their face all the time. So <laughs> it's like you can't mark someone who likes boating or likes the beach. Like it's, you just have to be realistic with the cultures too, you know, but you don't need, you don't need somebody who have the same common interests as you. You want to be able to share and grow together. So it's like the key life values are more important. Okay. You want kids. Okay. Uh, you want to get married. Okay. Maybe, um, religion's important. I understand that. So just maybe like three key things, you know, but don't, 
have a whole laundry list of stuff. I think that keeps us stuck, right? That really makes it tough to find matches for our clients. Yeah. And then they're saying like, oh, well, I only have six months with you or eight months with you. It's like, well, you should be open in the six or eight months. You need to do something different than what you've been doing the past 25, 30 years. You know, like that's why they hired you sometimes. Right. It's like, yeah, just because they pay us, right. As matchmakers, they think they can just put in an order Yes. But it's not that way. It's like, okay, whatever you've been doing, let's just tweak it a little bit and find a happy medium. My expertise, my know-how, my intuition has gotten me this far. Let me get you there. Like, right. yeah. And we're the professionals. And a lot of our clients are busy, right? They're running co- companies and they're used to managing and controlling situations. So it's hard for them to give up the controls and hand them over to us. Yeah. So that actually, the next question I have for you is about photos. So it sounds like you show photos to your clients. We don't at Little Gay Buck. Okay. Yes. um, It's tougher. Showing photos is tougher. But what a great advantage when you have a photographer that can really capture your client's positive angles and their smile, their natural way of appearing on the camera, that kind of stuff. So it works both ways. Like I show photos, but my clients get professional photos with the photographer I pick and I tell him what to wear, what not to wear, what works well for guys. Like it's always like a light blue color shirt or dark color blue shirt brings out everybody's eyes or whatever. Like a blue color shirt just looks really nice. A nice button down and jacket and all that stuff. So we teach them how to do that. Um, With the women though, I don't require professional photos. So the women are just giving me their selfies maybe. Maybe now there's so many fine-tuning, right? Like the, what do you call it? Photoshop with the photos. So that's what you have to be aware of. But as a matchmaker, I know when those photos are altered. Like, come on, you're like 50. You can't look like you're 30. Like that's not, you know, those are like fake or, you know, they've been altered. So, but I do ask for verification. Do you say, I need to see a proof of your age? Uh, yes, I do ask for ID sometimes, but overall they don't lie about their age. It's just their photos when they look like they're 30 in the photo and, you know, like it's all different angles and stuff like that. Like, that's when you're like, can you just have a friend take a photo? Which right. if a friend takes a photo, it's usually not photoshopped. Um, so that's an advantage. But yeah, I, I do show photos. I feel like everybody who does online dating on their own, that's like the secret weapon. Like they just need to know that to get photos taken, it's gonna totally help you with online dating. You're gonna get like five times more hits. Seriously, with photos, if someone's listening out there, all you need to do, if you're a six and you want to date an eight or a nine, you make yourself look good in those photos and you could date an eight or a nine for men and women. I feel like it works. Well, what if they show up for the real live date and they don't look as good as their photos? But people look better in real life than they do in photos. So as long as those photos were taken, you know, by a real photographer, you know, do your hair like you would like or get professional person to do your makeup, 
And you can actually learn how to apply the makeup that way just by watching someone doing it. And there's so many videos on YouTube and TikTok that tells you how to apply eye makeup. You know, like you, Dr. Frankie, you, you're wearing makeup, you did your eyes and your eyebrows and all that. Like you can learn if you really want to make yourself look better. Yeah. If you are naturally a six and you want to look like a seven women, we have an advantage. We have makeup and all the clothes to wear and all that stuff to make us look better. Like why not maximize all that? I mean, I didn't even watch YouTube. I learned how to put on makeup by going to the beauty counters. It's free. It's free. You can just yeah. go and they'll, yeah. If there's a product you want to, you're thinking about buying, you can say, can you put it on my face? Show me how to use it. Sephora, Sephora loves to do that. I'm doing a Sephora plug. Sephora loves to do that. They may only do half your face, but they will show <laughs> you, they'll even draw it out for you and show you what to put where. Yeah. Yeah. There's, no, so there's like I, no excuses, right? No we can, if we're willing to make the effort, it's out there. But what about the people that say things like, you know, take me as I am. Like, I don't wear makeup. I don't wear this. I don't wear, take me as I am. Then you're going to get someone ugly and short and bald. Like, I don't like, <laughs> I can't, I can't stand women that say that. Like, you know what? They're, he's just going to have to accept me for what I am and who I am. Great. Let him accept you for who you are after he's fallen in love with you. Like your first five dates, you should still look, try to look as hot as you can and look the best that you can. And then later on, you could slowly unravel your layers of ugliness to him and see if he still loves you. But come on, men and women, we are all visual creatures. We want to look at something pretty, right? It doesn't matter if I'm already married. I still like looking at pretty people around me. I, looking, I like looking at pretty friends. You know, I want my female friends to look good. I want my male friends to look good. Like, we like looking at pretty things and for people to say, oh, take me as I am. It's like, okay, then you're a four and you're going to go find a four. A four is going to appreciate you for what you are if you don't make any effort. Like, why would anyone want to date somebody who doesn't care about how they look like? So so would you just, would you give suggestions like, oh, okay, you're not maintaining your roots. You have gray roots. You need to get your hair done more regularly, like those kinds of suggestions you would. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like giving suggestions to your friends, right? Like you say it in a nice way and you give them nice criticism, something that they can help uh, with themselves. But a lot of times if you're sick of coloring your roots, then let your hair grow out. I mean, I see so many people let the grays come in now, right? Like that's like the thing to do since COVID. So there are ways to improve the way you look. You just have to seek it out and not look so like sloppy. Yeah. And the truth yeah. of the matter too is when we and when we look good, we feel better. Yeah. And yeah. So when we when we when you put yourself together and you put that extra effort into it, you present better, you feel better, you vibrate at a different energy as well. So Yeah, and there are a lot of ways to just accentuate your features, right? Like I'm not wearing lipstick, but I'm wearing tinted moisturizer. You know, I'm wearing tinted lip balm. Like there are things you can do to make yourself still look good. Like if you want to go out grocery shopping, but you don't want to put on full on makeup, 
You can just wear eyeliner and that helps. You could just wear mascara or just wear one swipe of lipstick and still look presentable. So for people who don't like to wear makeup, that's great. You can just do eyeliner or just mascara or just lip balm, you know, colored lip balm or something or lip gloss. And men aren't that picky. Uh, I don't know if like women to women, if they're so picky, but there are ways to make you look better. There are so many tools that you have. And then let yourself go after that person falls in love with you. (laughs) I feel like for females, we have way more tools at our disposal to enhance ourselves. Change our entire face structure with makeup, which is so bizarre to me. You know, you can have cheekbones and, you know, your eyes bigger, smaller, you know, anything, hair color, like everything becomes an accessory. And so, yeah. yeah. So what what I'm hearing you say is that we should make an effort, put our best foot forward and recognize that we all have less like beautiful parts of ourselves that we can slowly expose over time, but not right off the bat. (laughs) Correct. Correct. Yes. I agree. I like yeah. That. I like the way you phrased that. <laughs> so you coordinate the dates. Like you're the one that sets up the whole thing. Like you don't hand them each other's phone number and say, okay, go call, call each other. And yeah. Yeah. Initially back in 2009, I used to give two parties the phone number and just roll the dice and hopefully they meet. But I figured that people who come to matchmaking, they want help. They want a little bit of handholding. So what I do is I go on Yelp and I read the reviews, find a place on open table, make the reservation, and then I set everything up for them in an email and they both get a copy of the email. And in the copy of the email, they each have their phone numbers. And I do expect the guy to text or call her a day or two and say, Hey, I'm excited to meet you, Dr. Frankie, you know, can't wait to see you at such and such. And just to confirm the date and to say, I'm excited to meet you. So yes, I do do that because early on, I figure that people would call each other. Then one person's driving to Trader Joe's, one person is shopping, one person is not paying attention. Yeah. And it just gets lost. And I'm like, wait, that was like the perfect introduction. That could have yeah. been your wife, but yeah. nothing That's happened. So, yeah. so now I can set it up and say, go ahead and just show up, have fun, flirt, and look good. That's all I ask. What about though, when they text to say, I'm looking forward to seeing you tomorrow, and then a conversation ensues on text messaging? Does it ever crumble? Yes. That's why on the email, I also say, hey, just go ahead and text to confirm the date. Don't have a long conversation. Don't have a texting conversation. Save all those questions for when you meet in person. How great is it that you can get to know somebody in real life versus texting back and forth? And then you might ruin the date. You might, someone might cancel. Yes. This speaks to the importance of like really having good boundaries around that, right? Like, cause it can very quickly go sideways because there's no con, you don't know each other at all. Right. So you can't, you can't get a sense of humor or, you know what I mean? Personality through a text message. It's so hard. So, yeah. or even some, on the- um, 
Yeah. Some, some matchmakers don't even give out the numbers until the an hour before the date. Like they just don't want them communicating at all. They want it to be almost blind date, not even a name or no last name. So they can't Google them. Like I'm not that extreme. I, I do give out the name and then first letter of their last name and their phone numbers. And they're adults. They've already seen each other's profiles with the photos. I just hope they don't blow it. You know, it's like dating is hard enough already. Like, yeah, don't find an excuse to blow this date that I've already set up for you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's another thing. They go on there and Google, right? They want to like gig. They, it, they can't sometimes help themselves, even though we do. That's our job. <laughs> I know. I know. There's all sorts of nonsense online. Like, yeah. you got to take that it with a great assault. And yeah. that, that isn't true. And sometimes people have the same name and they do these searches and they're like, they have a record. They do not have a record. It says it is not that person. Are you sure? Absolutely. Like, why would we do that to you? Why would we send you out with someone, you know, that had some kind of criminal record or something like that? Yeah. I think our mindset today, though, is really about protecting ourselves and we're looking for any reason possible to talk ourselves out of it. Yeah. Fear. We're so yeah. afraid. Yeah, I um I always like to remind the clients and the dates that try to find three reasons why you like this person and want to go out again. If it was neutral or positive, then go out again. Like first dates are awkward, they're people are nervous, you're not sure what to expect. But if they're good on paper, if they meet 80% of your criteria, and just give them a chance. Like, how do you know in like 90 minutes if he's going to be a good husband or good father to your kids? Or how do you know in 90 minutes if she's going to be a good partner or good mother to your kids? Like, you don't know. Come on, like, give people a chance. Yeah, it's it's easy for us as professionals to pound that into them, right? But I guess when you're dating, you're you just take on a different mentality, but that's what we're here for is to give them professional guidance and professional help. So. And what about after the date, May? Is there a feedback process that happens? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, this is my favorite part because I'm nosy, right? About people's love lives. So it's like, sometimes it's like two people go on the same date, but it's like they went on two different dates, like based on the feedback. So, but it's always great. I find that having a matchmaker for them is really good because I'm the middleman. Like, oh, I'm not sure if I like him. And then one person's like, yeah, you, she was cute. It's like, well, actually she wants to see you again. Oh, okay, maybe I will see her again. So it's kind of like high school, right? Like if you know a boy likes you and now all of a sudden you pay more attention and you like him too, it's the same thing. Like the more positive feedback we give to each other, we just hope they go out again and give that person a chance. But yes, I do do feedback. I do a verbal feedback or via email or text. Like I can bombard them with tons of questions just to get my answers answered. But um, yeah, if they're on the fence, I usually try to say, well, you know, would you like to go out again and try to encourage a second date or third date for that matter, because you just never know. You just really don't. Like I didn't, 
I didn't like my husband the first date or second date. Like I gave him a chance to woo me right before I was, I, he won me over. So it's like, give the guy a chance to win you over is kind of what I tell the people. So do you find that when you coordinate a first date that if there's not sparks and chemistry right off the bat, they're not interested in going out on a second date? That's why I try to find out what their favorite cuisines are. So at least they enjoy and can talk about the food and they both like the food. Like if they both like Mexican, then they can have that as a shared experience. And that kind of helps things along. Um, So I try to do that. I try to make it at a location in between them. So less chance of them canceling. But Mainly, it's the relationship you have with your clients. If they trust you, then they most likely will hopefully go out with that person again because you're kind of telling them information that's not in the profile. You know, you kind of say things like, well, he is this, this, and this. He just got promoted. He did this. He probably didn't brag about it on the date. Like, I feel like we just need to be like behind the scenes cheerleader for these people, for them to really give them a chance, right? Yeah, definitely. And I I feel like they will often look at me and say, well, I just am not feeling those sparks, right? I don't feel, I know I can't even imagine being physical with them. I'm like, but this is, you've been, this is your first date. You're nervous, they're nervous. You know, you're stilted in a way. A lot of people don't feel that comfortable being relaxed and showing their true selves on a first date. So give it a chance. So I'm, I find myself definitely encouraging them and pushing them out of their comfort zone. How many times have you heard like a client say to you, I know right away. I'll know the yeah. minute I see them. Yeah. Yeah. I won't know the minute you see them. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. But then when they first see someone's profile, then they are attracted to them. But once they meet them, they might not like them. Like sometimes you have to I have to pull out the matchmaker card and be like, well, here's two people. You pick this one, but I actually picked this one for you. Can we agree that you meet both of them? You know, it's like you pick one and I pick one. But I think overall, they just have to trust you and uh, let you help them make the decision. Then you're like, okay, can you just go out for drinks or just for coffee with them? Just one drink. I'll make it close to your neighborhood. Like, there's all these things that we can try You're to like, do. I'll go with you on the date. Oh, I'll try you there. <laughs> I know, right? Like, seriously. Yeah. There was a matchmaker, a gay guy in San Francisco that went on the introductions. This is like me when I first, into, we're also, we launched in 2009, Little Gay Book, and he had just closed shop. I didn't never met him, but he's like, he, through the years, he's he's come up. In interviews that I've had with people, I don't know who he is. I never met him, but he totally would go on the dates. <laughs> what? Like, is he sitting behind the plant or like physically sitting with them? On oh, the he was. He sits on the dates with them. Can you imagine? I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to be on that date with them. <laughs> Actually, some uh, Asian matchmakers do a Zoom call like this, and mm-hmm. the matchmaker comes on the Zoom call and then introduces the two people, and then she logs off. So oh. that's that's something that they did. But that's a lot of work to like yeah. having to log on and then introduce yeah. them. They could very well, they're adults. Like they it's could adults. introduce themselves, you know? So yeah, I can see that. But to be there with them. Yeah. Like physically. Yeah. <laughs> be like, 
Yeah, that's like that's, nudge that's him to say too much. Say yeah. thank you. He said thank you. Like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> they loved him though. Every his reputation was like stellar. They loved. Yeah. And I, I was like, one day we'll meet. So you don't even know who I'm talking about. No, you guys, you know all the, you know so many matchmakers. One day we're going to meet him and we're going to have yeah. to ask him all about that experience. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. That's maybe like on a reality show. Like I could see him being on a reality show and going on the dates. Like that could be a interesting, different angle. So totally. So do you have some, do you have rules? For your clients? Rules. Um, not really. Uh, the only rules I have would be the guy usually has to call the women to confirm the date. The guy pays for the first date. I do highly suggest that and to have the guy anticipate that. Um, what other rules do I have? Nothing really. Just don't text a lot. You know, nothing like that. Um, yeah, nothing but no major rules like don't sleep with them or don't have more than two drinks, none of that stuff. I mean, these people are adults. They already don't like it when I make sure the guy calls to confirm or text the woman to confirm. Like I want to make it kind of still easy for them where I don't get in a confrontation with them. So <laughs> Yeah, I can see that. But I have to admit though, the few times I have coordinated dates and on the first date they decide that they're like completely head over heels and one per like they whisk one person whisks the other one across the country to New York city. And it's a whirlwind and they're calling me while on the way to the airport. And I want to be excited while I'm going, Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it. Do yeah. It. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Cause so much work, effort, like care goes into each selection that we make, that it's sometimes hard when, when it ha it goes down that way. Cause I, I think it, it very quickly oftentimes can go sideways when it flies off the tracks real quick, when you right away jump into the sack and then you're dealing with all these chemicals and yeah, that are confusing and muddy the waters, <laughs> but I get it. We got needs. Yeah. <laughs> And like you said, right, we're adults. So we have to make, you know, these adult decisions. I respect that. I get it. It's true, May. How much do they want us to, you know, in, intrude on their, you know, the way that they like to do things? Some people just really feel like let's just be physical quickly because they want to get to know their that person. It, they feel like it tells them more quickly if there's really, truly chemistry. So I guess the only rule I have is, I like when someone is dating two or three people at a time or they're talking to them, but I say, I'm not telling you to sleep with them. I'm just saying, get to know them and you can compare and contrast how you feel, how they treat you and if they make plans with you, how they communicate with you. So it's okay to talk to two or three people at a time. Just don't sleep with all three of them at a time. Like that's not what I'm encouraging. So I guess that's the only rule. I don't really want people to just focus on one person at a time until they want to be exclusive or they want to get serious with them. So yeah, I, I like them having options and um, try to meet as many people as they can while they're with me. So yeah, 
I mean, you get to compare and contrast, right? Right. It also fuels your self-esteem. Feels good to have, you know, different people to go out with. Yeah. Don't you find though, and, and you know, that that's a hard concept to convey to our clients. Like they don't get it. They feel like they're cheating or they're leading someone on when they, you know, when they have multiple dates. Yeah. I like dates back to back. So then before they develop any serious feelings for somebody. So I don't mind if someone goes on a date Tuesday and then goes on a date Wednesday with two different people. I guess it really depends on the person. So before I set them up, I ask them, are you a one woman kind of guy or are you okay meeting two, three women at a time and then see who you like? And I do say, I'm not telling you to sleep with all of them, but just what is your dating style? So I guess everyone's different, Um, but I like the idea of them meeting more than one person at a time. Yes. Awesome. Good. Well, May, how can folks find you? Okay. Yeah. People can find me on twoasianmatchmakers.com online, or they can find me under Matchmaker May on Facebook. I have a podcast as well called The Asian Dating Podcast, or they can find me on YouTube under Two Asian Matchmakers. And I'm on TikTok. So uh, everywhere. But yeah. If people want to just contact me through my website, that's probably the easiest. And although I'm physically in Colorado, my clients, my male clients are all over the U.S. I have a huge database in L.A. That's where I started. And um, yeah, the women, if you want to join my database, I would encourage you to go on 2AsianMatchmakers.com, fill out a profile with me so I can find you and set you up. And it's free for women. So I would just love any Asian women to fill out a profile with me. I mean, it's free. You never know. I could find your Prince Charming for you. So definitely get in there. Get into May's free database. Not all matchmakers offer a free database. So, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. And if you're on dating apps, why don't you just put yourself out there, like put yourself in a free database, right? If you're dating anyway, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. Good. May, this was awesome. What a pleasure. Yes. Thank you for having me on the show, you guys. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. All right, everyone. Until next week. Take care. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, or share this podcast with anyone you may know who feels misunderstood, confused, or who needs some relationship insights to empower their next move in life. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook using the handle Dr. Frankie Bashan to see some fun behind-the-scenes great appearances and share your thoughts and ideas for future episodes. Until next time, keep embracing your unique story and look out for love, laughs, and lessons.